Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace, Sean. What are we talking about today? Who do we have on? What's going on today? (laughs) We always have something good going on. But I interviewed Jade Simmons for another show that was so amazing. I was like, please come on our show because she's a concert pianist, a world-renowned concert pianist, but has moved over as an ordained minister into corporate events and church events and provides an atmosphere. I like to think of it as like a coaching Cirque Soleil emotionally. I mean, you just feel like she brings you through an experience or encounter through her events that I don't think anyone else is doing through TED Talks, through all these major corporations have had her. And then she's also doing her own events for just kind of general audience, but with a, a Christian theme with, a, you know, she's highly prophetic, love who she is. But let me tell you about her. Jade Simmons is an internationally acclaimed creator of transformational experiences designed to activate audiences into becoming the biggest, boldest versions of themselves. And it's true. The world-class concert artist is also CEO of Jade Media Global, a revolutionary live experience and global content distribution company specializing in 360 degree personal development and strategic transformation. Nickname, classic music's number one maverick and named one of the best keynote speakers. She's electrifying and it's just amazing. So I'm gonna encourage you, you're gonna love this interview today and it's really gonna speak to your own purpose. Up next, Jade Simmons. As a matter of fact, I had a word that the next great move of God's spirit, like a Jesus people movement is gonna happen in the workplace, in the marketplace, and we need to hear God right now. You know, when you're working your career, your place of influence, your job, and you're wanting as a Christian a God result, there has to be a God process to get to that result, and we have to hear God. My friend Bob Hass and I wrote a book just for you to teach you how to hear God's voice in this season of your life, to help you in your place of career, in your place of business. So there's no disconnection between who you are at church, who you are in your family, and who you are in your career, but it all works together beautifully and I believe that this book is a key book for now to help you understand what God's doing. So I'm going to encourage you to get this book wired here. And if you get it during this month, you get the masterclass where Bob and I taught on just the themes of the book and help bring it home, help give you some assignments and some impartation that's going to bring it right into your very life. So I'm going to encourage you get wired to here now and get our brand new masterclass free when you buy the book from BowlsMinistries.com. Well, welcome back. We're here with Jade. Jade, we're so happy to have you on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Now, Jade, I got to watch some YouTube videos of yours from TED Talks to times you've spoken to large groups, even your own reel. And you are a phenomenon, like what you do to connect people through music, creativity. It's like, it feels like a stage show meets coaching, Yeah, but it's a lot of it's (laughs) on the fly. So it's like, there's such a whimsical, connected, I don't know, it's just so beautiful what you've decided to go after. And you could have just stayed in the classical music vein, or you could have stayed in a lot of veins, but you decided to help like come out of that and actually not come out of it, use it to help bring people on a journey that I think no one else in the whole world is doing. Like it is so, Bob, you haven't seen it all yet, but it's literally one of the most unique expressions of coaching and pulling people forward that I've ever seen in my entire life. So I just want to say, wow. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's humbling to hear, but then it makes me also feel like should I be getting so much praise for something that's so much fun? I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really convergence 
on steroids for me. And it's the culmination yeah. of childhood where I was constantly being told, you got to pick one thing, right? Like yeah. if you really want to be great, you got to pick one thing. And that never resonated for me. And I never, <laughs> um, and I'm thankful for parents actually, who were the ones who never told me I had to choose one yes. thing, I kept saying yes. And, and so today, uh, this thing that, you know, is apparently a job or work or career feels like I just get to be me in the fullest expression. And the icing on the cake is that um, it really, it helps people. It inspires people. Yeah. It unlocks them and it, and it activates them. And it's, a, it's the biggest honor of my life to be able to do what I do. Well, I love that. And we, we need to get into the why, like, like, how did this start for you? Of course, you're a massive classical musician. We heard from your bio. Um, just that this is part of your background. You're, you're a pianist and not just any pianist. You're one of the greatest in the world for our audience who don't know that yet. Yeah. But how did this all start for you as far as going on the journey? Where did your faith kind of intersect in this? Was it in the beginning? Was it like, did he show up somewhere in your story? You know, I'm one of the, I was actually, we talked offline about a friend of mine named Shea Bynes and I'm always blown away by people who tell me, you know, I meet them as these massive spiritual giants and then they'll tell me, I didn't know I could have a relationship with God until I was 35. And I'm, what, what do you mean? I was one of the really lucky ones that the church that I went to back in Charleston, South Carolina, our youth pastor, when I was 12, 13 years old, was asking us, what did God say to you today? Wow. I'm not going to answer that question. What do you think God's showing you? So I grew up I understanding that. that it was about relationships. So, so I do get pricked when I see something that's only religion or there's, you know, it, it talks a good game, but I don't feel God in it. Right. And so God's been with me, but I'll be honest and, and say that in terms of career, I thought at some point I was going to have to choose. Like I felt really called into ministry and I thought, okay, well, that means I need to go and be yeah. a pastor or need to go to seminary. And so I always felt like, is it, am I cheating on God? Because I really want to be a concert pianist. And I think it took me time to understand. And this is the deal that we've made. Cause I've asked them, I was like, God, I'm going into these corporate spaces and the Holy spirit is, is flowing in. People wow. are having a moment um, or they're shaking or they're crying and they go, I don't know what this is. And I was like, well, let me tell you. Yeah. And so I asked him, I said, you know, what's, what's up with this thing? And he said, well, Jade, the places you go into, they don't invite me, meaning him. And he said, mm -hmm. they invite you and I go wherever you go. So mm -hmm. it's been a kind of a lifetime of understanding. There is no separation. Um, yeah. There's really not even a secular and sacred where the, where we're concerned that wherever we go, if he's with us, that space can become sacred. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I didn't actually step into official, like name brand ministry until within the last 10 years, I became an ordained minister, but I actually wrote a book on prayer first, um, oh, wow. that opened doors. Um, and then my own church that I've been hiding out in, um, for more than like 10 years, we're like, who are you now? And what are you doing? You should be doing that in here. And so that kind of started a, a world of actually overt ministry where I became a women's pastor and I've been a youth pastor, but now I don't separate the two. Wow. It is interesting. You know, you mentioned the sacred versus the secular. And, and I yeah. think, you know, the, the, the American church likes that separation. But when, when you recognize, like you said, that wherever we go, God's with us, yeah. it changes everything. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that everything God's given you in your wheelhouse 
helps other people. I'll bet it blows you away all the time because you think, well, everybody must think this way, but they don't. I do. The book on prayer, um, that was my first book or first kind of official book. I'd written a book for emerging artists that was like an online ebook. And um, when I was going to write this first, you know, official book, this book coach, a friend of mine said, you know, what can you write on? I was like, well, I guess I'm supposed to write on music or music business um, or I don't know, other things that I have experience in. And then off the cuff, I said, and I got this little journal that I like keep prayers in and, and, and I just kind of trailed off. And he said, wait a minute, tell me about that prayer book. Wow. And I'm like, listen, nobody wants to hear about prayer from the concert pianist. They, they won't be able to put that together. And he really pushed me on it because he said, Jade, prayer is universal. Yeah. He was like, people are always looking for inspiration. Um, and he was a genius at Amazon. He knew how to put it in all the right categories that had nothing to do with prayer, which was hilarious. And it became a best-selling book. And I sell it at corporate events and it sells out because uh, it's called Audacious Prayers. But Bobby, your point, I didn't think it needed to be written because I thought everybody prayed that way. Yeah. Uh, but it was people who would say, you know, pray over grace or something. And I'd go in and they'd call <laughs> I didn't know we could talk to God. Like, you don't talk to God. Like you and God don't talk like this. You know, God tells me all the time. He sets me straight. He's hilarious. So prayers sort of, they speak to that. But Bob, I thought, I honestly thought it was how, I thought everybody prayed big. I couldn't understand how you would pray small to a God that was so big. Right. And so this was designed. Was to yeah, the big words that match the God we say we believe in. You know, so um, that was kind of the, the start of understanding. Wait a minute. Sometimes we think things are they're second nature to us, but they'll be life changing and, and life altering. Right, which you're so good at. And we talked on my other show that I host about purpose. It was so beautiful. But I look at you when you just brought up some of the things you brought up with your parents. Like, yeah. Were you they didn't let you be one dimensional. You were able to choose many things. Like I'm in L.A. where Bob knows this. Every single person on the resume has 50 things. We're like yeah. all Jewish. Bob's actually Jewish. <laughs> like all Jewish because we have 50 things on our resume versus the average person we have on the show has like two things maybe on their resume. Yeah. And you have a lot on your resume. You even were going after Miss USA at one point. Yeah. Like, Miss America. Uh, Miss America. I always get organizations wrong. I'm not, I've, I've never watched a beauty pageant. I have to, I have to be honest. So it's, it's hard for me to know like what the language is, but we yeah. have had beauty pageants before. Know. No. Yeah, so we, you know, so it's good. But like, I mean, that's huge that you were a concert pianist, you, you're an author, you're a minister, yeah. but you also went after the pageant world. So talk about that a little bit. What happened? And, and also, if you can even tie that into like, what are some of the things you've had to overcome that give you the hope that you can help? Because you're helping a lot of people get through barriers and yeah. understand their purpose. So kind of talk about this, maybe, maybe twofold. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I did have parents who, I was honestly typical overscheduled American kid. I played <laughs> several sports, I played several instruments. Um, my school schedule was so tight that I would, I didn't have a lunch period. I took Spanish during lunch. Oh my gosh. I met my husband in Spanish class, by the way. <laughs> Um, because of that, because of that reassignment. So that was God. Right. Um, but the pageant thing was the last thing on my mind. I am a tomboy for life. My father had us two girls and he raised us to, to be able to hold our own, to compete with guys. Arm wrestling is one of my favorite pastimes. So pageants were not at all on the radar. 
Uh, but it came time to start thinking about college, which we started thinking about sophomore year. And um, I was doing, a friend of mine was doing a pageant and they needed a, a sophomore that came on and like presented them with a rose or something. And she asked if I would do it. Fine, I'll do it. So they're they're doing their whole pageant thing. I'm backstage on the nearest piano practicing because I'm a serious musician. I don't need a pageant. I'm a serious musician, right? So I'm backstage practicing. The head of the pageant hears me and goes, you need to compete in this next year because there's a talent division. And I said, ma'am, you know, I don't do pageants. Those are for like the girls who don't, you know, they're not that smart. They don't have this. <laughs> this is not for me. Like I'm going to go to, you know, Ivy League school and, and I'm serious about scholarship. And she said, oh, well, the, the prize is scholarship money. Mm. Where do I sign up again? When, yeah. When? Yeah. Yeah. So I literally signed up, did the pageant, won the whole thing on the first wow. try next year then went to the state level and was first runner-up this would be a pattern recurring pattern i then go to college at northwestern same thing i decided this pageant thing isn't for me but at that point my name had kind of gotten around and uh one of the ladies who ran the miss chicago pageant convinced me to compete i won miss chicago won miss wow. illinois this was on the second try it took me two tries um i won miss chicago won miss illinois and went to miss america with the platform of youth suicide prevention so this oh, was sort of the pattern, Bob, of like being like, is that, are we not all talking about these issues? This is serious. Right. They were doing like character education um, or arts education, but we had just had a suicide at our school and nobody talked about it. I became wow. very yes. Um, I took that to Miss America. Lo and behold, that year when I was going to compete, Columbine happened. Oh. Um, in Jonesboro, Arkansas, a, a similar, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with the middle school happened. Suddenly, mental illness, youth violence, and youth suicide were hot button issues. So I go to Miss America with a hot only the only person speaking on a now hot button issue. Yeah. Um, ended up becoming first runner up. Which listen, it's definitely a first world problem to be saying my failure in life was I was first runner up Miss America. <laughs> the truth is, if you think of it, I'm an extremely competitive person. I prepared. Yeah. I felt like I was the best. I'm in it with God, right? Like if it's me and God, of course we're going to win the whole thing. And I don't win. Um, and I was devastated. It was, mm. a, it was a banner year, Miss America 2000. You got like a special Ruby crown. You go and stay in, you live in New York in a penthouse. You hit the next day on the Dave Letterman show, all the night shows. So I watched Miss America do all that stuff that I was supposed to be doing. Wow. What's wild, long story as short as possible, is that Miss America, the organization, had an internal scandal that year in their C-suite. Miss America, as a result, didn't get to go speak for six months, her first six months as Miss America. Mm. Because oh, wow. mental illness was the hot button issue. I probably traveled more than she did as Miss Illinois. I spoke all over the country. Um, and became one of the faces and advocates got to testify in front of Congress on behalf of mental health funding wow. changed the trajectory of my life and career. That loss, that loss completely changed the trajectory of my career. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. A stunning. I will say what's not cool is Miss America that year got to speak on, I think the USS Kennedy and my now husband boyfriend was stationed on the ship at the time. Oh. If I won Miss America, 
He could have been like, yeah, so my gal's coming to the ship today. Who is she? Oh, Miss America. You know, but he's been doing that the whole rest of your life with everything else you've accomplished. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's like so, there's so many big accomplishments. Yeah. Well, hearing that, I think, you know, I like that you said it was first world problems, but all problems are problems. I mean, like when you're walking after set goals and you're trying to accomplish things and you get into that first runner up, I love that Christians are the only people who can trust that God's going to work it for our good. Like there's no one else who has that promise. Mm-mm. And there's other girls who've been first runner up and their life ended, meaning yeah. their career ended. They just went back to normal life. They said, that's yeah. I'm done. And, but in you, I mean, God was preparing you. It sounds like in my, my um, limited opinion, the, for all the speaking you do now, because all of a sudden yeah. you're on a conference tour or, or a speaking tour. So talk about like, you've now kind of changed your position from a lot of what you were accomplishing to really push others forward, not just the ministry side, but also these corporate events. Talk about how you got involved with corporate events and doing TED Talks and these kinds of things. Yeah, um, again, one of those things that was starting to feel a little bit like a fail. I mean, I worked really hard to become a classical concert pianist. It's a very, very difficult, anything in classical music, it's extraordinarily difficult to achieve. And you're told almost instantly, you should probably consider teaching because nobody really makes it as a concert artist. I only wanted to perform. I never wanted to teach. Mm. Definitely want to teach little kids who didn't want to practice. That was not <laughs> a life. Um, and I remember getting to uh, grad school in Houston here at Rice University. I had an incredible professor, John Kamir Parker. And after my master's recital, he said to me, you can actually do this. I, I can see you mm-hmm. doing this. And it's very rare. Most of my pianist friends, ones who are far better than me, I will walk back that statement of being one of the best in the world because I'm at least I'm not any longer because I don't practice 12 hours a day for sure. But in those days, you know, everybody was awesome. Everybody could play Flight of the Bumblebee. You had to have a niche. And I had a real niche for the rhythm, even in classical music. I just I heard things a little bit differently. And he was the the first person who really said, you can do this. So I finally get out there and I'm doing it, but it's so difficult. Um, And I remember having a seemingly random bout of stage fright, which I'd never had even as a little girl. And I started having these memory slips where I'd sit down to play and begin to play and just forget patches of the music. Luckily, I have a gift for uh, spontaneous stuff. And my husband might say BS, right? So I can figure (laughs) out, out you know, flip it out. Um, And I would work it out. But in my head, it was it was awful. It was devastating. I was failing. And in order to get through those moments, I started talking in between the music to the audience. Mm. So I started building in these breathers, like to catch my breath, to reset my mind, to go back in. And I would, in the beginning, tell stories about a Mozart, you know, how he was a, a, a playboy or how Liszt was the reason we play the piano to the side because he felt his profile was so gorgeous that we shouldn't be cheated. We should oh see before him, they played with their back to the audience. He was like, oh, enough with that. I am gorgeous enough. You need to see. <laughs> so he started that and the audience wouldn't know these things, right? And so the audience is laughing. They're being disarmed, which makes us feel more like friends, which means when I turn back to this instrument, I feel more like I'm playing for friends and family. Yeah. And so those breaks were built in to help me get through the music. They created an entirely different career. Concert bookers would say, book that that piano girl who talks because all the other pianists were coming out, bowing, sitting down, playing and going home. So that started the talking. And then a a real uh, nutshell version of it is it led to a little more speaking in the arts world. 
I did an engagement at an arts uh, event where I thought I was going to be the superstar keynote, but really I was a breakout, had a little ego attack there. And I said, okay, God, I repent for my ego. Help me speak to this room of 12, uh, the same way I thought I was going to speak to that room of 1200. And um, I gave one of the best talks of my life. In that room was a little old lady, so I thought in the back, who was the mother of the CEO of the Food Market Institute I never heard of. That's where Hershey, Kraft, McDonald's, and Walmart gather. Um, and because of the mom going back and said, I heard this woman you need to have her at your conference. That was my first corporate wow. engagement. Wow. Was history. I mean, so do not despise small beginnings. Um, I mean, whatever scripture you want, I'm telling you, there's a there's a moment in my life that God has really made it, driven it home for me. And so when I help others today, a large part of the work I do is in that reframe. What is God doing for you in this thing that feels like disaster, that feels like devastation? We don't justify the trauma done to people yeah. because we know the enemy is real, but our God is bigger then even the thing done to you, how will you allow him to use that even now? And that's the majority of my work. And what's so wild, Sean, you said, is that this is a Christian thing. And it is, it's, it, this is our principle um, more than any, any other faith. And we find that it's even attracting people who don't believe like we do because they go, there's something different here in this way of thinking. And so we've seen people introduced to Christ. Um, they thought they were getting self-help and they realized, no, this is a life altering principle based on the God, you know, who created us and is, is doing everything and turning everything for good. Jade, I want to circle back to something you said. You talked about uh, failure, uh, not being able to memorize your lines yeah. or the music. Could you speak to our listeners and viewers about how you and God partner with failure what that process looks like for you. Yeah, yeah we, we call them divine detours. Mm -hmm. um, have uh, People who are, I would say, assigned to me, usually know what they're supposed to do, but have given themselves a lot of excuses for not doing it. I, I push people off of, of ledges they should have jumped from a long time ago. Right. And so how we partner is really understanding understanding what God is doing that may look different from the dream they've had. So one of the first things we do is we say, can we surrender our childhood yeah. dream to be a concert pianist, right? Can we surrender that to our God-sized destiny? And I always say, it's probably that original thing is probably in there somewhere. The piano still comes with me wherever I go, but it's a much different vehicle than what I intended for it. Can we surrender yeah. the outcome of the thing? Um, and so that partnership for me as an ideation person, as a visionary, often looks like saying, okay, God, I've got all these things going on up here that I can see. Uh, where are you in this? What's your timing for this? I always thought everything was now. Um, right. And then I have 12 things at once, right? And then, I, and, I, and then I'd be mad at God because you gave me all these ideas and they didn't work. And he's like, well, you, you, like I barely got out of my mouth and you ran with it, James. <laughs> learned over time, like he says something and then he wants me to partner with him in lockstep to walk mm -hmm. it out because my natural MO is speed. Uh, but mm -hmm. a lot of people are assigning me their natural MO is slow walking and marathons and mm -hmm. I have to teach them how to sprint, right? So um, that's that partnership is understanding how God made us, but also being in lockstep with him in the now. How is he calling us to operate right now? That's so awesome. Well, you have services for corporations, you have church you know, events that you've yeah. been a keynote speaker of all around the world. And you also have a new book that's out. Tell us about how people can get a hold of you and what you have to offer. 
Yeah, the easiest way to find me is at jadesimmons.com. You'll see the book. The book is called Purpose the Remix. It also has its own website, purposetheremix.com, where you can do some exercises to help uncover your purpose. Um, I should say your purpose is not the thing you do. It's the thing that happens in others when you do what you do, which is really what our conversation has been about. So mm -hmm. I'm easy to find on jadesimmons.com. All my social media handles are there as well. Oh, you're the best. I absolutely love talking to you. I just think you're so full of life. And I, I think, especially I'm going to encourage all of you viewers and listeners, go to Jade Simmons and also watch her on YouTube, because there's some things that even just me watching her caused me to go, I need to rethink how I do even my public events, because like the level of engagement and connection that you create and just moments over and over and over. It's just God. It's just only God. But thanks for being here today, Jade. We just love having you. And for those of you who are watching or listening, up next is Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm going to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month. Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to bullsministries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back to Final Thoughts, Sean. That was quite the electric interview. Uh, she, is, she is a great representation of the power of God, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, you know, I loved her story because she is talking about, you know, her, being collectively walking with God in a way that's like, you don't have to compartmentalize and you can do a lot of things in a Christian lifetime. I think we live dog years as Christians. And I think we do lots of different iterations of life when you're walking your full purpose of God and not very many people, especially in this modern day, even amongst the mainstream world do a 30 year career the same way anymore. Even if they're in the same field, it's just different. We're in a different generation with all the different changes that have happened. So I really enjoyed her take on just her life. I did too. And I, I love the exuberance that she's had her, you know, the fact that her parents said, you know, you can do anything and you can do lots of things at once went against the conventional wisdom these days, you know, uh, kids are, are specializing in their sport early and, yeah. you know, back, you know, in the, in the old, I want to say the olden days, <laughs> the old days. Back, back in the little house and prairie days, <laughs> you know, kids did sports. And like she said, she did all these different sports and music. And, um, and now you see people specializing. And I think she's a great representation of being able to do all things. Yeah. Doing all things for sure. But one of the things that she does that I think that I hope you guys who are watching and listening will dive into her platform a little bit, because she really does help people who feel stuck or who feel like they don't understand their full purpose. She just has a gift to be your coach to go there. And I think that God's raising up people, maybe you're watching, who are creating new models of coaching, inspiring, consulting, to be able to help be an in-between place. Like in high school, you get a career coach counselor, which usually is not a very good position for that person a lot of times they end up just being a counselor because of all the problems in the world right now. And I've had very few friends who had, who were growing up and even to this day who are younger, who are graduating high school or whatever, who had great input about what they want to be when they grow up or about mm -hmm. what their purpose is or about how to pursue it. That is such a missing field around the world is that conversation. But the beautiful thing is God is answering it by raising people up who love to help people discover and understand and then thrive in their purpose. And so I think it's not just Jade Simmons. I think that God's raising people up from lots of different backgrounds and genres 
to coach people. And we see it all the time. And we've had Ed Rush on the show, Michael McIntyre, um, it's so many different people. I'm, I'm going to do an injustice by not mentioning a lot of the names. But it's so important that if you don't know what you're called to do, you are responsible to lead your life. You're justified by your own faith. So get all the tools you can. And sometimes those people will be your tools to actually push you forward in ways you would have never thought of. That's so good, Sean. This has just been an incredible podcast. I love Jade. And I'm looking forward to having more conversations like this. Me too. Well, if you want to have more conversations with me and Bob and listen in on these incredible life stories of breakdowns and breakthroughs that we get to hear about every week. I stay encouraged so much because of this podcast. I do too. I want to encourage you, hit the notifications button on your podcast subscriber so that you can actually hear from us every week. And if you haven't listened to some of the past episodes, these are evergreen. We have episodes from people who are relevant just as much as when we first interviewed them maybe two years ago. So I'm going to encourage you to listen to past episodes of people that might just bring purpose into your life right now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for viewing. And I also want to remind you, write a review wherever you do watch this show or listen to this show because it helps other people just like you find us. And we're so glad that we get to be one of the top Christian podcasts because of our listeners and all of your input and what you guys have been interacting with. We are so blessed and we know you're blessed too. So have a great day. See you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you at our website with free videos, Take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.